Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestle Life Radio. Uh, my name is Matt Sin, also known as Wrestle Life Matt, and we're going to do things a little bit differently today. Um, I'm here with Indie Focus superstar uh, and the man that has a podcast too good for Wrestle Life Matt. That's right. I remember that conversation. Mr. Devlin Clemens, who wrestled as Devlin Anderson. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing really good. I'm doing really good. Um, so we are going to talk a little bit about the speaking out movement, which was uh, something that was a, obviously a very big deal uh, not too long ago. And we are going to refrain from saying names because some people are getting sued and I don't want to get sued. <laughs> but uh, um, I think that the the knowledge of things that happen in the locker room needs to be out there because things need to change. Does that sound right? Yeah, I mean, I I, I want to go on record as saying that I'm not an innocent angel in this in this right. situation as far as wrestling etiquette goes. Um, I've pulled ribs, but I'm not pulled ribs um, that hurt anybody or uh, left scarring marks on anybody or ruined someone's gear or um, ran them out of the business. I've never done anything like that. I've I've right. I've not taken liberties with people in the ring as far as like intentionally trying to hurt them. I have been very stiff or snug with individuals in the ring because of uh, either a messing up or B being a complete backyarder and not knowing what they were doing, but I've never intentionally sent somebody to the hospital or tried to hurt them. I was very, I was very stiff with them in safe places. If that makes sense, that's the term we have in the business. So I'm not innocent in the situation where I've not taken a liberty with someone. I'm not going to go on and say I'm a perfect angel or anything like that because I have. I'm guilty of doing that. But again, I've never intentionally tried to bully someone into out of the business. I've never intentionally tried to hurt somebody in a way that would send them to the hospital for any reason whatsoever. Um, And again, we pull ribs on each other. And I've always been under the the guide of as long as a rib is funny and no one gets hurt and no one's stuff is ruined. Um, and it doesn't make the f- person feel terrible. And, you know, you go up to them later and it's like, Hey buddy, it was a rib, you know, ha ha. Yeah. It's, it, you know, and we all, you know, kind of make up for it. And it, 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 it's not, like I said, it's not a mentality of, of trying to hurt the person's feelings. It's more of like, because in wrestling things are going to happen that you're going to be upset about. And you need to, you know, you need to see if that they can, you know, take a little bit of, of a razzing, you know, it's almost not an initiation, but it's kind of like, we, I want to be cool with you. So I want to see, you know, what we can do to kind of, you know, right. make you, make you feel comfortable. You need to be, if we want to be one of the boys, you got to learn to be able to take a joke every once in a while. Especially right. And I think there's a, there's a major difference between a prank or a rib yeah. and a lot of the things that have been going on in the business for the past, who knows how long. Bullying and bullying people to the point of them quitting the business or having to change wrestling schools or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. So you have multiple stories. I do. So let's let's go ahead and uh, get started, and you can tell story number one. And all four of these stories involve the same person, correct? Yeah, this person's pretty well known right now in the wrestling community. I'm not going to name names. I'm going to try to refrain from that. But Matt, if I do happen to slip up and mention his name. Please, you know, beep it out, whatever you have. Yeah, oh, it is um, fun. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not it's not no secret. There is a whole list of people's names that came up. So story number one, uh, I worked in a little company down in southern Ohio. 
um, called WWC, which was World Wrestling Coalition, not to be confused with the WWC in Puerto Rico. Um, it, at one point, it was ran by a guy named Sean Parks, um, but it was the company was sold to another guy named Jeremiah Young. And me and a guy named uh, Dave Nevada, and for the purposes of this story, I'm just going to call him Nevada. Uh, me and Nevada were like the, the big heel tag team down there. We were the ones who you know had the belts. And the problem with working in any company, sometimes you don't have consistent, solid tag teams that come in. So uh, me and Dave were taking on, you know, basically the two people that they put together for that week. And, and my biggest, you know, ploy to, to, Je to Jeremiah at the time was, hey, you need to start bringing in actual guys who work as a tag team on a consistent basis so that way we can have kind of a good run with them because we're just we're just wrestling random people at this time. You know, you're putting right. together and we're, we're going out there. We're having good matches. We're not squashing them or anything, but they're just two named people. And uh, me and me and Dave always me and Nevada always got along very well. And uh, still to this day are, are really good friends. Um, but uh, we were having a really good run with these tag titles and, and our tag run. So we were in this uh, three-way match. It involved um, the person that I shall not mention and his tag team partner, um, who I will not mention because it will give it away, the, the first person. And then it involved, I believe, Aaron Williams and a guy named Terry Reigns. I don't know if you're familiar with Aaron Williams, um, but he's a, he's a, he's a pretty, pretty good worker. Um, okay. One of the best workers in, that's undiscovered at the moment, in my opinion. Um, but uh, it was a three-way dance. So what happened was we're in the middle of the match. I believe halfway through the match, we we, we, we didn't even have an elimination yet because we're doing an elimination style. And uh, I tag in my partner, Nevada. Nevada comes in. He's with this other gentleman uh, that shall remain nameless. Dave, or excuse me, Nevada went to pick him up. And uh, all of a sudden, the other wrestler brushes Dave's hands away. Nevada, I keep calling, I want to call him Dave, but it's Dave Nevada, brushes Dave Nevada's hands away and punches him in the face. And I mean, punches him in the face, not, not a work punch, not a wrestling punch, a square yeah. on punch. And Nevada crumbles to the ground right in front of me. Cause I just tagged out and I'm on the, I, I, I was selling to the floor and he crumbles right in front of me on the, on the side inside the ring. And I just, I see Nevada's face. And I've never, I've tagged with him for a long time. I've never seen his face get this red. And yeah. So I reached over the ropes and tagged him. It was an illegal tag, but I tagged him and I basically said, get out. And we continued the match and we get to the back and Nevada is hot. And I mean, yeah, I bet you could have cooked an egg on his face. He is so hot. I like, I had, I just, I wasn't holding him back, but I was kind of standing in his way. Right. I was just kind of like trying to just like make sure that if he went for this other guy and and to Nevada's credit, he didn't go after him. But yeah, he was questioning. Him. He's like, what happened out there? What 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 was that? You're going to you know, you're going to shoot punch me in the face. So here's the excuse that we got from this individual. Oh, I'm sorry. My knee popped. What what's that got to do with? The price of eggs in China. Here's the backstory. The individual that um, is a bully and has been accused of all these things had had to have knee surgery like a couple months prior to 
this match, and he wasn't actually cleared completely to wrestle. So I knew that going in. Like we knew that we were not to to touch his leg. Like that was yeah. one that we knew that. And I don't know what happened in the course of the match. If he planted wrong when something happened or whatever, but we never touched his knee whatsoever. Never even got near it. And like I said, this is in the course of the match. Like, I don't know what happened, but I don't know if he freaked out or whatever, or he's just doing it to be a jerk. And my theory is that it's the latter because we were the, the tag team in the company. And yeah. those individuals at the time had reputations for being, you know, the way they, the way that they've been represented now in the media. Okay. So the show's ending, right? And I need to go find Nevada again to find out if he's okay. And because it was, it was a nasty shot, like, and it had knocked out any other man. I'm, I'm telling yeah. you, he, you know, this person punched Nevada square in the jaw. Mm. So mm. Uh, I walk outside and it's at a, it's at a, a fairground. So there's like uh stables, like right next to where we were, we're doing the show. And I asked uh, his, his brother, Nevada's brother, I said, Hey, I was like, uh, where's your brother? He's like, he's out back smoking. Now I had known Dave for like a year or two at that point, And he never smoked. Right. So I know he's really mad at this point. So I walk out there and I'm, we're chit chatting and finding out, I'm like, are you okay? Like, he's like, no, he's like, my jaw really hurts. Da, 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 da. I'm like, I'm like, okay. I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't know what to do in this situation. I'm like, I don't want you to go in there and kill him. You know, I don't want you to go in there and fight with him. Right. Um, Cause you, I mean, you're going to get probably one, maybe two punches in like, and then everybody's going to break it up. Like, I don't want you to go in there and, and do that. And he's like, no, I'll be all right. I just need to sit out here and calm down. I'm like, okay. So Nevada calls me a week later and says that his jaw's broken. Oh my gosh. So, and like he, he'd, he'd worked a match and he took a bump and, the, the 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 trimmer of the bump actually broke the jaw clean at that point. Like it was already broke, but it it finally did the the rest of the work. Wow. Yeah. So, because the doctor said it was, you can see. He said he could see where it was slightly broke, and then it it, it went the rest of the way because it started mm. to heal, and it didn't. It, it it went back the way it was. So yeah. Um. That's that's the first story, and the and the reason I tell that story is because for the rest of my career, I avoided working with or being in matches with those individuals. Yeah, um, I refused. I I lost bookings. Um, when I was doing the the Black Irish Saints gimmick with uh, my tag partner, uh, Dangerous Damien Cass. Yeah, they wanted to pit us against this tag team because at one point in time, they too did an Irish gimmick. Okay. And I said, absolutely not. I will not work with them. I will not be in the ring with them. I won't do anything with them at all. I was like, I've seen their handiwork. I do. I have a, you know, I have a regular nine to five job. I can't risk not being on my job because somebody wants to take a liberty that is, it goes beyond the realm of just working snug. Right. Because I've been in the ring with guys that work snug. Now, there's a huge difference yeah. between taking liberties and working snug now. I mean, I've had my clock cleaned. I mean, I've had sore jaws, but I've never had my, you know, my had to have my jaw wired shut. Right. So, I lost I lost bookings because I had pride and I said, I'm not, 
allowing this to happen to me. And I warned everybody that I, I told everybody I could this story that I knew that was going to be working with them or was associated with them or whatever. I told everybody the story. So that was, that was the, the first story uh, of the saga of what I'm talking about. This bully mentality, this bully thing that happens in, in, in indie wrestling sometimes. I'm not saying that yeah. it's in all, and I don't want to give indie wrestling a bad name, but it does happen. It's not, I can't say it exists. And the problem is, and I've said this before, everything that has happened, that has been, that's been put out there in the media. Us as wrestlers allowed this to happen. Right. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not no angel. I'm not no saint. You know, I tried to speak up and, and when I saw things, I would say something, but you're one person and no one's backing you up. Right. So story two, same company. Um, these guys um, all come from the same city here in Ohio. We labeled them that. Um, it was, you know, the tag team and they had a couple hang arounds um, and they had a couple guys who were getting in the business. And like I said, I don't want to name yeah. names, trying to keep names out of the picture, but one of their lackeys or one of their, or their rookies or guys that they were training, they would, they came to show we we're setting up the ring and the tag team, the two guys started like chopping the, the guy that was training, like just for fun, right out, right out in front of the boys, just started just chopping them and like pulling his shirt off and back chopping them and, and just doing all this stuff to him. And so a guy, by the name of Sean Parks, who the guy that used to own the company was working the show that night because he was a wrestler too. And he stepped in and said, Hey, what are you guys doing? Don't do that to him. And Sean's a very nice guy. He's one of the best human beings I ever met in my life. He's yeah, super nice guy. He's always, he always gave me great compliments about my work. He always, you know, booked me well. He always took care of me pay wise. I, I got nothing bad to say about him. So if Sean's stepping in to say something, I mean, I got to back his play. Right. So I hear all this commotion and I come out from the back. And I'm like, I see Sean walking over towards him. And now these two individuals are now basically berating Sean and, you know, and just talking down to him, like trying to instigate a fight at this point. And Sean's not one to like legitimately fight, but like he'll stand his ground. And like, if you want to do it, like we'll do it. So now it's the locker room comes out and now it's yeah. the locker room on one side behind parks and the four guys over there. So it was like it quickly de-escalated because they knew they were outnumbered, and it was like yeah, a big shouting match. And it just when that stuff like that happens before the show, then the locker room has tension, and I hate that so much because to me locker rooms are so loose, and they right. they should be that way because you know we want to have that camaraderie and we want to be able to trust each other. Now once stuff like that happens, then I can't trust you because now I've exactly I've clearly put now I've clearly picked a side. And I already had a disdain for them. I had a bad taste in my mouth for them already. Mm -hmm. I was like, now I know if I get in the ring with them, they're going to remember that I picked that side. Right. And that now the, there's going to be a bullseye on my head because that's just the type of people uh, that they were. And because if you weren't with them, you were against them kind of thing. Right. It's kind of that mentality they had at that time. And probably they still do. I don't, I, like I said, I haven't seen them in years, so I don't know. But, I mean, that, that just showed me like, there is a bully mentality. There is, you know, they were, they were taking money from a guy training him, but at the same time they were treating him like garbage. And that's not yeah. what business is about. You know, like I said, ribbing is all good and fun. You know, 
I, I, I ribbed a guy one time because uh, he he had a wedding. He had a wrestling-themed wedding. Uh-huh. And uh, he called me and said, hey, I want you to come do the interruption at my wedding. I was like, you want me to do a run-in at your wedding? What? He's like, yeah. He's like, I'm getting married in the ring. He's like, when the preacher says, does anybody speak now? I'm going to play your music. You come out, interrupt the wedding. You'd be the whole, you know. He's like, it's a typical wrestling wedding, only it's not. I'm like, but you're getting married for real. He's like, I don't care. He's like, do you mind taking a stunner from the preacher? And I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, he's like, he's like, well, you're invited to the wedding anyways. He's like, but that would be so cool. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's what we'll do. I, uh, I, I, I go to the wedding on cue, come out. So my buddy, Kenny, his name's Kenny Lucas. He no longer wrestles. Um, he was working his family, like his family legitimately believed, like still wrestling was real. So when I came, no, home, I swear to God, that's amazing. I got a chorus of booze, like, it looks like it was bad. Like Kenny's grandpa almost decapitated me with his cane one time in a match <laughs> my head as fast as he could. And it whizzed by my head, like missed me by an inch. That's amazing. I went to the back. I'm like, Kenny, I was like, can you tell your grandpa that wrestling is a show? And we're friends because if he throws another cane at me, I'm gonna punch the old man in the face. He's like, you mean? He's like, you mean Grandpa almost hit you with that cane? I'm like, yes. He swung. There's no guardrail. He swung it at my head because we were being chased out of the out of the building, like out of the the ring by by the by the faces. And I was running around the ring trying to get away from him to get to the entrance. And yeah, Grandpa swung that cane, and I. Saw it out of the corner of my eye and did like the whole Matrix move and was like, whoa, moved out the way. I was like, look back and I saw it was Kenny's grandpa. But anyways, <laughs> so we do the wrestling wedding and um, I, I come out, I, do, I cut a promo, <laughs> I do all that stuff. I talk about, I talk about Kenny's bride to be who I, who I love. Um, yeah. She, you know, and I, I say, you know, you don't need to marry him. You can come marry me. Da, 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 I do the whole thing. And the, and I keep interrupting wow. the preacher. I keep telling the preacher, "Hold on, you'll get your turn." Da 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 da. And finally, the 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 preacher just kind of looks at me and gives me the stunner, like kicks me in the gut, gives me the stunner. I bump. He, he says, "Now I pronounce you man and wife." And they kiss the bride. Crowd pops. I leave. I come back out. And I start talking to everybody. You know, talking to Kenny's mom, his grandparents, all that stuff. And, yeah. Uh, it's time to cut the cake. So my buddy Kenny, and this is where the rib comes in. But I had to tell that whole story because it's funny. But yeah, this is where the this is where the rib comes in. So they're cutting the cake, and you know you you're married. This is like a wedding yeah. tradition where you smash cake in the bride's face. That's correct. I was told expressly not to do it, so I did not do it. Okay, well they weren't doing it either. So being the wrestler that I am, I got a boring chant started, <laughs> and it went. That's me. incredible. And he said, "Kenny said, I, I he's like I couldn't I could not." I could not take the boring chant. So he smashes the cake in her face. She smashes the cake in his face. So I'm not eating my, my, my dinner. I'm eating the, the, the wedding food. And Kenny comes over cake face all, and just rubs it all over my face. Like like cheek to cheek with me, just rubs it all over my face. And I'm like, Oh, I'm going to get you back so bad. Fast forward like a year. I take two hostess cupcakes and I put them under the ring and I unwrapped them. I made sure they were in the corner of the ring where I knew they were. And you're in a match with this guy this time. A match with Kenny. Yes. So I told the promoter, I was like, let us get counted out tonight. He's like, why? I was like, I got a rib Kenny. 
He's like, what are you going to do? And I told him, and he's like, oh, that's perfect. That's great. <laughs> so I told Kenny, I got in the match. I'm like, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll throw everybody out. We'll just brawl on the floor and we'll, with Maz. No, nothing suspect at all, right? Yeah. So Kenny gets thrown out. He's on his stomach. I go over and I grab the cupcakes. I grab one cupcake out of the, the, the package and I say, and I, I grab him by the head. He, he was bald. So I grabbed him by the head and I was like, this is for your wedding. And I smashed him in the face <laughs> with this cup. <laughs> Kenny was, Kenny's 400. Kenny was like Yokozuna. He was 400 pounds. And this kid could move. Move! I'm telling you, I ran so fast. There was a chair in the middle of the walkway. Someone had slipped the chair in the middle of the walkway for the ring. I, I, I just the Owens that thing, man, and just tracked over that thing, ran to the back, and Kelly laughing the whole time. Jeremiah, the promoter, he's laughing the whole time. I'm thinking Kenny is going to murder me when he comes back here. He comes back and he's he just. He's got cake. He's got Hostess cupcake all over his face, and he's just laughing. He's like, he's like, all right, you got me good. He's like, I didn't see that coming. I was like, he's like, good. I was like, it's squash. Those are ribs, yeah, that are fun. Everybody can laugh at. No one got hurt. Nobody's stuff got destroyed. No one felt insecure about themselves. But we all got a good laugh out of the crowd. I did it in front of the crowd, which was even better because they knew yeah. everything. All they saw was me smash a cupcake and do <laughs> with the match. Like, where did he get a cupcake from? <laughs> like, that's you know, terrific. Those things in wrestling, but that's one of my favorite moments in wrestling because I, I had to wait a year to get him back. Because <laughs> I told him at the wedding, I said, I'm going to get you back. I don't know where, I don't know when, but I'm going to get you back. <laughs> so. My my third story involving this individual um, is a little bit more more graphic. So if you have young kids at home and you're listening to this on the speaker, I want you to kind of maybe shoot them away or put your headphones on. Yeah. So again, uh, Jeremiah Young got us booked for this Comic Con in Akron, and this is miles and miles away from where we would normally wrestle in Ohio. Like in Ohio, we were wrestling in, in a place called Adams, it was Adams County, Ohio and Akron's way up North near Cleveland. So I knew Jeremiah had put some effort into this because he had got a comic con. It was like a little like comic con. I don't know how he got in touch with them or how they got in touch with him or whatever, but yeah, it was a like walked in like a legitimate comic con. There's people all in cosplay and, booth set up and all this stuff and i'm like oh this is kind of cool like this is this is nice like getting the name out yeah. there you know we're you know, wrestling is like a live action comic book anyways with characters and stuff right like that. thankfully for me i had to wrestle a pirate that night which was awesome because i was a heel and man all i did was like choke him and just not sell any of his and sell all his pirate stuff and yeah like uh johnny depp and pirates of the caribbean yeah they hated me they hated me. I didn't have, it was an easy night. Anyway, <laughs> fast forward, I'm sitting in the locker room and this individual who um, we're trying to keep nameless here is sitting there in a chair in his trunks and he has pulled out his penis mm. and he's just waving it in his hand. Why? I, to this day, I don't know why. And I'm, I'm right in front of him and I'm looking at him. And I'm like, dude, put your penis away. I didn't say it in those words. I used I used some some other choice words. And I right. said it loud enough so that way everybody could hear it. And he just like he no sold me about it. 
and I said it again, I used his name and I said it louder and I used a lot more explicitives in that. I was like, you know, I, I don't want to see it. I don't want anybody else to see it. I don't want someone from the Comic-Con coming in here and seeing it that, you know, one of the higher ups. And then Jeremiah has to explain why a dude's just sitting here with his penis out. Right. Like it, what if a little kid walks in here? Yeah. Like it's not right. Put it away. Like it was like, it wasn't like he was changing into his gear. He was already in his gear. Yeah. So why are you subjecting anybody to this? Exactly. And it, it, it was just things like that. Like it, it, the more I, I ended up on shows with this individual, the more I, the disdain and the bad taste in my mouth was just left there. Yeah. And it was just like, this is not just a bad wrestler or bad poison for the business. This is a, this is a bad human being. Right. At the end of the day, we're all human beings. We can get out of our characters and be normal people. But for someone to do that, there's something, something's not right in your head at all. Like there's something not, not clicking up there that you don't do that in a public setting, regardless of who is in the back, regardless if we're friends or boys or whatever. I don't need to see that. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree that, I don't know. Like when That's I, when like I, high school I, locker room stuff. I, changed, I was so self-conscious of like exposing myself. Yeah. Like I wore, I would wear, I would dress before I came to the show. Like I would wear like biker trunks, like the compression shorts as yeah. my underwear for the day. And then, yeah. and I would change. And so that I wasn't, exp- I wouldn't have to put a towel around me or expose myself or anything like that because we would have women in the locker room too. Sometimes right. we, we didn't have, sometimes we didn't have individual locker rooms. We would have to hold sheets up for the girls or we'd have to make, you know, locker rooms for the girls, like separate from the guys because we were trying yeah. to be, but I, you don't know, we don't, we're an, we're an Akron. We're in a place that I'm not familiar with. I don't know anybody here other than the, some of the workers. I don't know people walking in and out. If those are friends, family, whomever they are, I don't want, I don't want them. Right. To do that. And I yeah. definitely didn't want to sit there and have to look at this dude waving his penis at me. Yeah. It's crazy, but that just blows yeah, my mind. It, yeah, it, it's things like, like I said, this is kind of an escalation of things like that soured me. And then when I read some of the stuff that's on the internet about this individual, I'm like, all this is probably true. Like, right. You're not, people are just making the stuff up and I don't want to sit here and say that some people may not be bitter and are making stuff up because that's happened. Yeah, of course. I know people that ran in that click that were females that dated some of the wrestlers. Like I'm personal friends with them and I've heard stories. Yeah. But I can't, I can't vouch for those because I don't have firsthand knowledge. All of these stories are things that either happened to me or I know for a fact happened. And I'm not trying to hear and say, say these are just, I'm just blowing smoke to be on a podcast and tell stories and do these things to make someone look bad. I'm not doing it. Like I said, I'm not any angel in the sense of like, I never rough somebody up, but I've never exposed myself to someone on purpose for a lengthy period of time. Yeah. It just, you know, it's just one of those things. So yeah, yeah. These, these stories are most definitely crazy. And like I said, not trying to, to put names out there. I'm not trying, I'm really not trying to protect uh, the, the individual in any way, shape or form. I'm trying, trying to protect you, Matt. I'm not right. But thank you. Stories deserve to be told. Yeah, because 
the individual has gotten away with it for so long. And again, like I said, I think that us as wrestlers on, you know, in the locker rooms, we allowed this behavior to keep going on, even though we weren't doing it, we were, we were an accomplice. And like I said, yeah. I'm not saying that I didn't, you know, speak up and say, you know, this is crap. And I did, I never tried to blackball them. Nothing. All I did was I put myself out of the equation instead of trying to blackball someone. And maybe I'm guilty for not doing that. Maybe I'm guilty for not speaking up and saying, you don't, you shouldn't book this guy. Yeah. So again, like I said, some of the, some of the blame has to go on the boys too, for allowing this to happen. Right. And I, and, and I said that to my tag partner today. I said, look, we're all guilty too. We allowed it to happen. Like yeah. we're, we're not innocent in the situation. But I'm glad stuff like this is coming up because this needs to stop in the wrestling business. Yeah. I, I, I want ribs, friendly ribs to happen still. I still want to have that good mentality in the locker room. And I still, but I want individuals who have no place in this business and that are cancers to the business to be out of the business because wrestling's supposed to be fun. You're not supposed to dread coming to wrestling or have your dreams you know, extinguished because someone made you feel terrible. Right. Or made you like, I just, I read a story the other day where, Someone that I I know had to change wrestling schools because of the same individual. It's crazy, absolutely insane. It's totally unfair to that person that had to change wrestling schools because they're not doing anything wrong. They're the ones that's literally being bullied, and yep. they're having to go train somewhere else just to get away from this person. Right, right. And that person was taking their money, and you're you're basically paying someone to bully you, and it's not right. It's not crazy. right. I, like I said, I when I trained, I'm not gonna lie. Those guys, they put me through the ringer. I got, I got yeah. legitimately beat up in the ring one time, like because I had, I had an ego when I started, yeah, and I was catching on pretty quickly. So I thought I was hot, you know, hot stuff, yeah. And I was, I, I couldn't face bump, but I could do, I could do a lot of other things. And instead of practicing my face bumps, I was doing things that I shouldn't have been doing. Right. So I got, I got taught a lesson. Yeah. I need to listen and respect and, and, and learn something, this learn a, B and C before I skip C. Right. So, I mean, I got stretched and I got chopped 18 times in the chest. I got my eye blackened. I mean, I got, I got messed up, but it wasn't, it never happened again. And I didn't feel ashamed that it happened and it didn't waver me from coming back because I learned my lesson. Right. And I, cause I, I, I am under the mentality of like, you're not going to push me away from something that I love. Yeah. And it, I earned a lot of their respect for coming back. Right. Taking my lumps and coming back. So like I said, it, it, it it's happened in the business before. Yeah. Now, before we get into the final story, Obviously, you are a tough guy, and you were able to handle that. But if, if that were to happen nowadays, how do you how do you feel about that? Do you think that it's okay for them to to teach younger guys a lesson by essentially essentially bullying them? That that's what happened. You were bullied. I don't. You were tough. You were able to assault someone. Yeah, I don't think you should assault someone. And no, not at all. Then cause them physical harm to where you know they have to go to work with a black eye or you knock teeth out or you, you stretch them and hurt them and send them to the hospital and they can't train for three months or whatever. Yeah. But you know, work, you know, take it as a, a lesson, pull them aside and say, okay, this is what you're doing wrong. Okay. I, I might not, you know, take liberties with you, but other people might. Right. Because if you get in the ring and you, 
do something, do this wrong, and you make the wrong person mad, because we're all human. We're, you know, if I get dumped on my head, I'm going to get upset. Exactly. But it's being in the business for so long, I knew to get upset in a way where I could, you know, form a guy in the back really hard. It's not going to hurt him, but it's going to hurt. Right. It's, it's Like I said, stiff and safe places. And then after the match, you pull that person aside and you say, you did this wrong. Right. This is why I, I stiffed you. Okay. This is what you, you messed up on. You need to work on this. Same thing in training. Yeah. If something like that happens, you need to pull them aside and say, look, you're not going to do You're not doing a correctly. So you got to work on a, every time you're here. Okay. You're right. But no, not, like I said, it's in, in the 20 year, almost 20 years that I've been in the business. It's changed. The culture's changed. Yeah. It literally has. But at the same time, you don't have to, like I said, you don't have to bully someone. You can Correct. be rough with them, but you don't have to try to get them out of business or hurt their feelings. Yeah. Be an adult, be a good wrestler and give back and say, this situation might happen to you five years down the road. You might be in the ring with someone that does the same exact thing that you just did. Yep. Now, doing what I did is fine. But make sure you pull them aside and tell them what they did wrong. Because if you don't, they're going to be confused. Why did he? Why did he take liberties with me? Why did he stiff me? Why did yeah. he go from working very light to working very snug? Yeah, and it's I, a very big I, difference. I a lot of greenhorns in my life, so yeah. I've, I've pulled them aside and said, "Okay, you're good at doing this, but you are not good at doing this." And this is why you got you weren't listening. You were not listening to me in the ring, and that can get us both hurt. Right. Because I'm, I was, old, I was trained that the veteran runs the match, and you listen to the vet, and that's why when right. I when I wrestle people, I go, "Hey, how many years you've been in the business?" If it's if it's more than me, all right, I'm listening to you. If it's less than me, then I'm, you're listening to me. Okay, that makes sense, man. But in, in- I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that 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 aspect of the business should ever leave. It's it's been it's gone on. Throughout the the history of wrestling, guys had it way. The thing is, is that we training have it easy, right? Us as wrestlers, I would say half of us would not have made it if we were being trained in the '60s or the '70s or even the '80s. Well, they just beat each other up back then. Well, no, you paid dues, so you would drive guys to the show, yeah, carry their coats, work concessions, take tickets, whatever. They would rib you. They would take your clothes and make you walk down the road butt naked. Whatever. You would you would take that. If you came back, they might like you. They might take you in. It was all about yeah. how your attitude was. So things that go on nowadays, some of it is terrible. Some of it is yeah. way worse than it ever happened back in the day. But some of it is 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 not any worse than what happened back then. Right. Like I said, some, like I said, they they would get you in the ring and just throw you in and stretch you. You didn't learn to bump. You learned to bump on the road. That's how you learned. Yeah. You there weren't training schools. You had to know somebody who knew somebody or had to get in somehow and then pay your dues, and that was due pay. Yeah, and I, I think that still needs to happen. There still needs to be an extent of paying dues, but the world we live in now isn't the same as the world we lived in the 60s. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, it does have to be a different thing that happened back then, but 
there's there there has to be a new wave age of duping. Like me, right? Before I ever got in a ring, I would drive to the show. I would put the ring up. I would work sound. I would be a runner. I would go get wrestlers whatever they needed. Uh, I would just be kind of a hang around in case they needed like they they needed an extra body or there was a battle royal or whatever. Um, and if I was in the battle royal, man, they those guys would test you. Yeah. And I and, and the whole thing is the reason why they test they wanted you to fight back. Yeah. And I would fight back. And then I started, like I said, I started earning the respect when I, instead of taking scenarios, taking everything they would give me, I would take a couple and then turn them around and give them a couple. But it was all about to see, because in wrestling, you're going to get pushed. You're going to get pushed far. Right. He said, I'm not, I'm not trying to justify it at all. I'm not trying to, bullying is, it has no place in the business. None whatsoever. Right. Bullying. No, no. But getting some licks every once in a while, that's okay. Yeah. And that is something that historically has always been happening. Like, for example, if someone doesn't sell for you, well, you're going to make them sell because you're going to clock them. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. Exactly. Let's get into, you've got one more story to share with us. So let's go ahead and uh, let's move on to that before we wrap up. This is a little gross. Okay. Um, oh, that's right. You told me this story. I, I, I precursed it with you before the show. So, yep. So I had a buddy of mine. Uh, he wrestled on the indie indie circuit. His name was Matt Riot. Uh, Matt Riot uh, was one of my favorite people in the business. I had a ton of fun working with him. Uh, any match that I was in, I probably had four or five matches with this kid. Um, always had fun. He was always game for doing the the silliest stuff in the ring. And I love comedy and wrestling. Love it to death. Yeah. Um, and he was always game for up for anything. And even suggested things sometimes. And I'm like, man, I don't realize I don't really feel comfortable doing that. And he's like, nah, come on, it'll be fun. But Matt Riot um, tragically passed away in 2011. Um, he mm. just um, started to get a break. He'd went to CZW. And he uh, was training at CZW and ended up having a brain aneurysm. Uh, something oh, my like gosh. And, and he passed away um, back in 2011. And it still hurts me, like, to think about him because he was such a he was such a nice guy. Um, like, I, I can't, I don't even have a bad word to say about him. I really don't. Like, most people yeah. in business, I can say, like, oh, this happened, and like, he's not not him at all. So, I we were at a show one time, and Matt Matt Wright is standing over by the the entryway on the opposite side. There's a, there was two entryways. They were like archways. And so one side we were using, the wrestlers were coming out. The other side was like where the boys could come over and like sneakily watch the show. And he's over there watching the show. And I go over to him and he just got this really distraught look on his face. And I said, buddy. And he was, he was always joyful, always happy, always smiling, always cracking jokes. But this time he was super upset. I could tell just by looking on his face. I said, hey, buddy, what's going on, man? You okay? And he's like, he's like, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. I was like, man, what's what's going on? Did you have a bad match? Now I'm trying to be, you know, the big brother, the veteran, you know, trying to figure out what's going on with him. Like, if he had a bad match, yeah. well, what we can talk about it. He's like, he's like, no, he's like, I don't want to stir anything up. And I'm like, what do you mean, stir some stuff up? And he's like, no, no. He's like, I was like, bro, just tell me, like, someone make you mad? Like, I'm I'm going through the rolodex of things, like the things that I think is going on. Like, did someone, you know? you know, you know, stiff you or are you upset about your match? I'm just going through everything. He's like, yeah. 
So the individual that we've been talking about in the three previous stories was someone that Matt hung around with. And finally, Matt's like, someone defecated in my gear bag. Mm. And I went, what? And he's like, he's like, someone defecated in my gear bag. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yes. And I'm like, who? And he told me exactly who it was. He knew exactly who it was. Yeah. And I said, are you sure? He's like, 100%. So then my buddy, um, his name's Jugulator. He wrestled on the indie scene, too, as well. He comes over, and Jugulator's one of those guys, like, he doesn't care. He <laughs> he will go punch a dude right now for just the right. mundane things. Like, he doesn't put up a bullying at all. So he comes over, and he's like, what's going on? And I'm like, I told him, I'm like, someone crapped in his bag. And he's like, who? And he, you know, of course, Matt told him who. And he's like, I will go cut them right now. Yeah. And I was like, no. I was like, that's Matt's decision, man. Like, he's like, no, just let it go. He's like, don't worry about it. And it was, and as soon as he said that, I knew right then and there that the only reason he didn't want to do it is he didn't want to rock the boat or get blackballed by those guys. Which is what so many people were afraid to speak out about because Mm -hmm. they're afraid it'll affect their career. Well, because he was in with them. Yeah. And he figured that if he told and and spoke up that bookings would disappear. Yeah. And that because at the time that tag team was, they were, they were making names for themselves. They were working JCW. They were working Juggalo championship wrestling. They were working ring of honor for little shots here and there. So they were, they were making waves. And I think that Matt was trying to make sure that he was on that train. You know, if so be it, it happened that uh, he would be able, you know, in, in, I don't know if it was just a mentality of like, he thinks that they're for his friends. Yeah. But my whole mentality is like, my friends wouldn't do that to him, to me. Exactly. My friends would catch a beat. Like, I would want to know why it happened. Like what pushed you to the edge to make you defecate my gear bag? This blows my mind. This isn't the first time someone's gear bag or crown got defecated in. I mean, it right. happened in the big name companies. Yeah. So, I mean, but at the same time, but this is stuff that stuff that's went on and, and wrestlers will emulate things that the stories they hear just to be jerks and think it's funny. And like, that's someone's gear. They, they paid money to have that made and to have that, you know, to have that done. Maybe he took pride in that gear. You don't know, but right. now you have to basically throw it all away. I, I mean, I wouldn't wear it again. No, no way. Like now you just, now you just, you, you hurt someone's pocketbook and the yeah. ribs can go too far. And yeah. that's one that goes, that's not a rib. That's just being mean and hateful to someone yeah. for your own personal gain and by gain i mean so you could sit back and point and laugh at his sorrow yeah it is a straight bully mentality bully bully tactic uh of doing that and again what goes through a person's mind to think that it's okay to do that yeah makes no sense like that's like i I don't get it into someone's house and pooping in the dishwasher yeah and you wouldn't you couldn't see something like that in the actual nine to five world, you get fired immediately. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah, this is it's it's high school crap that shouldn't go and the thing, with the thing a profession. I understand was is that if he would have if he would have told everybody in that locker room, we would have all stood up for him. Yeah. But he told he told all of us to he told the two of us to back down. And out of yeah. respect for him, I didn't do I didn't say anything. Yeah. Again, this is why, and again, that's why I have to I have to blame myself in these situations too, because I didn't say anything. I should right. and I regret it and I regret not doing it. I regret not not putting those guys in their place when I needed to. And right. I live with that. But that's the and that's like the worst story and memory I have of Matt. But at the same time, like I feel bad that I didn't stand up for him. And right. I that guilt. And again, like I said, wrestling, if you're a wrestler and you listen to this. Don't be like me. Stand up for your fellow brethren and say something to the promoter, to another wrestler, whomever. If you're it, it, look, I'd much rather like I'd rather take heat from the person that I respect than not take heat at all. And I can I can work through it like, hey man, I, I you know now in my mentality is hey man, I can I can uh, I, you know we can work this out as men. I'm sorry I didn't abide by your wishes and not say anything, but I felt it was necessary. Right. I can work that out. We can work that out as men or women or whoever. Like we all need to look out for each other. So if you see someone getting bullied or a veteran taking a liberty and not explaining himself as to why he took that liberty, then you need to speak up and say something. Yeah. Because like everything can be teachable in the business, but stuff like that, just stand up for your fellow brother. And like I said, I feel guilty not doing anything. And I, and I, and I have to put the blame on myself because I'm, and I'm sure if I didn't, someone would point out, well, you're hundred percent to blame for that too. Cause you didn't stand up for your brother. And I'm I, absolutely, you're right. You're a hundred percent right that I do that. So is that, is that what you think that we need to do or that you guys need to do as workers to enact that change? Like, do you think that you need to speak up for other people or maybe yeah. recommend people speak up for themselves Yeah, because if they're able to? It, it, let's, let's take, let's use, let's use big time WWE workers, for example. Okay, I'll just put a scenario okay. out. So let's say like back in 98, if Undertaker um, stood up for a, a guy that just came in, just got signed, and he he went to Vince and was like, look, these guys are, the click is giving his guy uh, 100% guff. Like they've, you know, crapped in his bag. They've they've taken liberties with him in the ring. Um, this isn't right. If, if someone like the Undertaker, a veteran, with a lot of respect in the locker room would stand up and say, you know, Hey Vince, this, you know, who's to say Vince wouldn't have went and said, or even if Taker went to a road agent and went to him and said, Hey, like I've seen this happen. He didn't come to me. I saw it. I saw it happen. I don't think it's right. Something needs to be done about it. Or right. the veteran just goes to the source and says, look, you guys need to stop. Yeah. And it, it'll stop because, because it, it's going to come to a point where someone's going to get, there's going to be a fight in a locker room and right. Or promoters are going to, you know, say, well, you're not welcome back anymore because you're too much of a cancer. You're causing problems. It's every show. Right. Like, I think that everybody deserves a chance. So if you make a mistake, like, hey, don't do this again or don't let, you know, don't be, don't cause ruckus in the locker room. Cool. If you, if you're on your behavior, then stay around. Everybody deserves that chance. But if you, yeah. if you start becoming the, the constant thing that the promoters got to hear, like this guy's doing this, this guy won't do this. This guy's not being, you know, nice in the locker room this guy's sexually harassing the lady, lady, lady wrestlers, or he's, he's, you know, taking advantage of, uh, you know, fans and, and the girl fans that come to the show, whatever. 
it shouldn't happen. And like I said, I don't have any stories that re- in regards to this individual, but there have been claims out there that this stuff has happened. So do you think that because of all this, do you think that independent wrestling, all wrestling, but independent wrestling in, for the most part will become a safer working environment for people? I, there's always going to be somebody. Yeah. Always going to be somebody that slides through the system and gets through, you know, wrestling training and is in the, in for a couple years and thinks that he has some kind of card to be that guy. There's always going to be that person. It's, yeah. it's the thing of eliminating that individual, you know, blackballing them from the inside out. We have social media. All you have to do is if you see something, get on the, get on the internet because a promoter is not going to want to book a guy who, who is, you know, either being very deviant in the locker room or, you know, harassing women or bullying whomever. They're not, right. they're not going to do that because then other people are going to say, say, I don't want to be a part of this. Yeah. So yeah. I think that it can be eliminated. It's not like we go through an interview process. It's not like we go through a, you know, a psych evaluation or, you know, an aptitude test or whatever. You're just booked. You don't know if you don't never met that person. Like you don't know. It's like, it's like when I wrestle a person for the first time, I don't know if I don't know you, I don't know your move set. I don't know how you work. We're not having some kind of ring of honor style, NXT style, back and forth, fast paced match. We're going to have a very simple, basic match. Yep. Because if I don't know what you can, if you can't do basic stuff, then I don't want to let you do big stuff to me. Yeah, exactly. So, but that's always been my mentality in, in the wrestling business. I don't know you. I don't know to trust you to pick me up above your head, just like you don't know me. So why would why would we try to trust each other in that realm? If I can trust yeah. you with a basic match, and I can trust you the next time we wrestle, maybe we can do something else. Yeah, I get it. Well, in closing, do you want to add anything else? I mean, just wrestling, we're all human beings. Just be, just be a good person. Yeah. Like I said, again, I'll say it three or 4,000 times. I'm just as guilty of not standing up for my fellow brethren as – the rest of us are. And I might catch heat for it. I might catch heat for saying this. I don't care because it's true. I, I, like I said, I feel guilty for not doing that for Matt when I should have. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I stood up every other time in my career. I stood up and like when, when Nevada got his jaw broken, I stood up and I said, that was not right. That's crap. When, when the individual pulled his, you know, his penis out, I stood up and said, that's not right. But that one time I didn't do it. How did yeah. I, how did I, you know, that, that eats at me. Yeah. But it only takes that one time, that one time. And it didn't run Matt out of business, but at the same time, you don't know how that individual mentally is going to take what happened to him. Whether it's bullying, whether it's someone pulling a bad rib on him, anything, you don't know. So be a human being, be a nice person, say something, say something to the promoter, stand up for your fellow brethren. We call each other brothers, stand up for each other. Yeah, absolutely. Just as human beings. Yeah. I mean, just as people, yeah. be nice. We're individuals. We all, we all put our pant legs on at the same time. We all, you know, if we're not, if we're not making money off wrestling, we're going to our nine to fives. Just be, be the person you are outside of the ring you would stand up for someone outside the ring stand up for them inside the ring if yeah. it loses you a booking so be it but i'm sure that you can have 40 other people vouch for you and say hey he stood up for this guy and that's why he lost the booking yeah treat other people 
the way you would like to be treated. Correct. Seems simple. Seems simple. Devlin, thanks for hanging out with us, man, and telling us all these crazy stories uh, that only people that have been in locker rooms would know. So. <laughs> well, I got, to, I got to throw one funny, funny story in there. So yeah, I'm glad I got to tell that story. So yeah, dude, that one was absolutely hilarious. Tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about your podcast and where we can find you. Sure. It's, um, it's know your cinema podcast. So the podcast uh-huh. is a movie review podcast. Um, the three individuals in the podcast, myself, my co-host Vivian and Jason, we have watched a lot of cinema in our lives. However, some of us have not watched some classic cinema. So, for instance, Jason had never seen The Godfather. Um, Vivin has never seen movies like Scream. Um, some classic cinema. And what we do is we put all those movies on a wheel that we haven't seen, and we spin it, and it's picked for the week. And then we watch it, and we review it. Then we have a Get to Know Know Your Cinema segment where we talk about scenarios that we'd be put in or things that have happened to us in our lives, kind of in correlation with the movie. Um, and then, of course, segment three, we spin the wheel to find out what we're watching next week. We are going to be watching uh, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban uh, this week. That's a movie I... That's the best one. Well, don't tell me anything and don't ruin it for me, but... <laughs> it's my. I'll just tell you it's my favorite. That's all I'll say. Um, and then starting after, on week 42, we're going to be watching the 10 Batman movies that have been made into film for the next 10 weeks leading up to our one-year anniversary. Oh, that's awesome, dude. What a cool idea. Really yeah, dig it. We, we all, we, every episode we have, there's a Batman reference in it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It just kind of started out with like me giving Vivian some crap about, um, uh, he loves the Christopher Nolan Batmans and I'm not a super huge fan of those because yeah. Keaton's always going to be my Batman. Um, yeah. and then it like every episode there's somehow we get that reference in there. So we just decided on the last episode that we're going to, we're going to just watch the 66 Batman with uh, Adam West and just go forward yep. to the, the Justice League movie and uh, call it a day. And then probably have to end up reviewing the, the, the Pattinson Batman that's coming out next year. I've seen them all but Batman Forever. I haven't seen Batman Forever. Okay. I think you need to hop on that. Yeah. I might, I might just have to do it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Russell Life Radio. Devlin, thank you so much for hanging out with us, man. Oh, no. We really appreciate it. I appreciate it. you having me on there. Like I said, I could talk wrestling for uh, every, every day, all day. Um, I love wrestling so much, and I, I can only give back as much as I've, I've put in. So whether yeah. someone takes what I talked about today to heart, and if you're a wrestler, just, you know, again, just be a good human being to your fellow brothers and sisters in the business and speak up for them if needed. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I do appreciate you having me on and you can have me on anytime. Just make sure you, you, you get me in on a good time. You know what I mean? Yep. We got it. We got it. Um, and then make sure you can follow us all at rest of life radio on Instagram and Facebook. And of course, rest of life pod on Twitter. And then you can follow me at rest of life, Matt on Instagram and Twitter. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. If you are having difficulty in your life, Please tell someone, whether you're a professional wrestler, whether you work as in a restaurant, whether you work in you know transportation, it doesn't matter what you do. Make sure you get to someone you love and say, hey, this is happening. Speak out. Do not sit there and let someone abuse you. This is you deserve better than that. So you are a special person. Go to someone that you know that you can trust and tell them. And they will stand up for you. If you can't do it on your own, 
go to someone that you know they can help you. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for hanging out with us this past hour. We definitely appreciate it. Devlin, one last time, thank you so much. We all hope you have an absolutely wonderful day.